What's up? Caravan Central, CBC Wisdom Hour, number 28 for April 23rd, Monday, 2018. I'm Steve Witchell in New Orleans. It's Tony B in New Jersey. It's happening. Uh, what's happening is we are going live on the Caravan Central page right now. Boom. Wisdom Hour! For anybody to join in and listen along and comment along and whatever along. And I'm also going to be sharing it to the Caravan Central group. Which is hour number seventy-two. Yeah, it's twenty-eight. <laughs> pretty close, close enough. Pretty close to seventy-two, but <laughs> but we we did start it over a year ago. So uh, group's name, you know what group? I'm talking about a computer now. All right, posting. All right, episode oh, twenty-eight. I did, that, I did that relatively quickly. Uh, <laughs> usually, I'm fumbling with this. Yeah, number twenty-eight. So uh, I, I want to keep talking about. It. Let's see. We before we start recording, we we just start to wrap on stuff for you guys who listen to the show regularly. Um, and we were just talking about uh, uh, people who gig a lot and um, do it for a living and make bank on it. And then you mentioned the the drummer that doesn't belong in this gig or whatever video that was called that went viral years ago. Um, what was the name of the band? <laughs> Did you say it was? It was uh, something like Rick something in the All Writers. Like, all right. The all writers, right? And they wear these like sparkly suits, and and uh, they all clean cut looking. But the drummer is like Animal from the Muppets. Yeah, hang on, I'll, I'll locate it in a second. But yeah, very funny. And uh, but but the comment we were making was that they, you know, as as goofy as that you see that video appears to be, and the guys all dressed in the gold tuxedos, and the guy, you know, the drummer uh, showcasing his talents theatrics and whatnot uh those guys play like 200 gigs a year 250 gigs a year that's a lot of gigs man yeah that's crazy and they they probably play uh some good rooms you would think yeah but like they have a they, they have a, a tour bus and you know they travel and they uh they're doing it where are they from do you know uh hang on uh, midwest somewhere pennsylvania maybe out that way like far further west western pa right yeah, that I could be totally wrong though. But I thought it was somewhere in that way. Let me. Uh... The video that went viral years ago was for Sharp Dressed Man, and the drummer is just like flipping his, twirling his sticks, and just come so animated behind the kit, and he's doing these these weird wacky moves. He puts the the stick on his forehead, and then moves. Yeah, so it's like... this drummer is at the wrong gig. Right. Okay. You know, it's forty four million views. Yeah. There you go. Rick K and the All Writers. <laughs> all right. All right, all right. All right, all right. All right. All right. I was trying to do my uh, Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, very cool. But yeah, but we're, so showmanship, you know, we were saying what a goof it is when you see the guy playing, uh, how entertaining it is to watch, you know, and we had touched upon that topic last week saying how, uh, entertaining you know as part of the gig it's not just playing the, the songs you know correctly and to the best of your ability but also entertain the crowd yeah yeah dress the part and uh look like you're having fun on stage it's um th that's a general rule of thumb that you kind of want to follow in my case man it's a whole different scene <laughs> in new orleans it's just so we play so often, and it's so routine, and, and it's so 
the, the, the dynamic of the room changes during the course of the night because I've said this before for people who, who have never been here. There's no cover charge to get into the clubs. You, you can walk in and out with alcohol and um, there's a lot of places to visit. So a lot of people will come in for a short while and then leave. Um, and not because they didn't like the song we're playing or any other reason. They just want to bounce around. Um, so in my case, it's like, you know, most gigs are destination gigs where somebody's coming to the place where you are playing to stay there and watch you or do other things, drink or have dinner or whatever. But in my case, it's more of a, um, you stopping in. Although people do stay. But so for us, we're, you know, people in New Orleans don't really perform. And I mean, some people do wear like matching clothes to look like they're in a band, but most people don't in, in like the Bourbon street scene, you know, there's a certain level of performance and it depends. Like if the room gets packed, then we up our performance game and we can, you know, usually tell feel the energy and, and that's kind of an interesting thing, but, but yeah. How did we get into that last week? What we were talking about that we, uh, we started that. Cause you guys were going to start to, um, incorporate into your gigs you guys are gonna be called something jesus band you all gonna dress up like jesus oh yeah that was, that was a few weeks ago yeah but that's what you had said you your band was gonna do that since no one else is doing it in new orleans you guys are gonna be the new trendsetters what was the name you you had a name oh jesus what was it was it jesus jesus christ <laughs> I don't know. You you had it's on, uh, we have something Jesus. You can go back and look at it. It's episode we, 24. We have it recorded, yeah. Dave Newton says hi guys. Dave is here listening. Sup, Faithful live listener. We get more downloads after the show than we Dave do Newton. than we do live listeners, but that's all good. That's why we record it. So people can listen at any time. Um Play it back incessantly uh, yeah. in your car. So, so yeah, we mentioned last week that we had a couple things we were going to talk about, and there was the one the story. I don't know if I'm ready to tell that story right now because I got other stuff on my mind. <laughs> That's fine. Then you can you can bring up whatever topic you like. Well, so here's the thing, and since not, you guys perform and do entertaining down there with costumes and props, right. gotta continue. There's, there's politics. Everybody's got to deal with politics to a certain degree in the music industry. Governor? Yeah. So uh, we, we, a lot of the musicians on Bourbon Street will play in several different clubs or at least a couple different clubs or with a couple different bands. That's pretty commonplace for, for us. Now, the, the, so the most of the premier clubs with music in it on Bourbon Street are owned by one company, owned and operated by one company, and then there's a few others that are owned by another company, and that company is owns the Swamp. That's where I work. I've worked for the other company before as well, but I don't currently. Um, but the other bigger company they own the majority of the music venues, and the one that owns the Swamp owns three. Uh, Swamp, Bourbon Cowboy, and uh, the Beach. Um, so the other venues, which are the better venue, the bigger venues, are owned by one company. And we use, at the Swamp, we use a singer from that other company. And we were just informed 
that if this singer continues working with us, that she will lose her job with their company. And she works four nights a week. So we have been forced to let her go. So she won't lose her job. And there's no really good reason for that. There's no, it's not a competition thing. We're really nowhere near each other on the street. She's already off that night. Um, and she wants to work and it's bullshit. <laughs> so she, so that, that means she can't, is she under contract to where she can't take another gig on the nights that she's not, you know, when she's not working? No, nobody's under any contracts here. There's no written contracts. So why would they do that? Uh, jealousy, um, just to be dicks. Um, yeah, but it's stopping her from, then they should fill her schedule then, you know? Right. Kyle David deals said, wow, that is BS. Yes, it is. Um, we're all independent free, freelance workers, and we should have the op, op, option to work wherever we want with whomever we want. Um, and they are strong-arming, bullying um, the smaller company by saying, no, you can't use her. So now we're forced to find somebody else and we have a couple of options and you know we'll be fine but um it's a thing man it's not cool <laughs> it's just not it's not we should all be working in harmony together we're all working for the same purpose we're not really competing with each other even the clubs that are right next to each other or right across from the street from each other are not competing really because people just wander about you know some nights the, the club across the street from us is doing better than us and some nights we're doing better it's it, it evens out but as far as personnel is concerned it really doesn't make that much of a difference you know because hmm. people are, are there they're tourists they're not very few people that come out are coming out with the intention of going to see a certain band with certain people in it and there are people that are regulars that do do that but they still they don't necessarily have a preference if they like a singer they'll go see that singer somewhere and they'll go see them in another place but they'll also like the other singer and they, it's it's just stupid man and uh it, it's it's there's other things about stuff on bourbon street that really make it um are, are problematic with that are consistent with things in the music industry but um but that's just a recent thing that is is a making me itch so i'm scratching it. Get it wow yeah that's so depressing isn't it <laughs> i didn't want to be all depressing yeah, it's not just depressing it's just you know it just goes to show you the the unfairness you know that exists for, for no good reason you know it's everywhere you, you you know you can find it in everywhere you know all parts of the country yeah in every walks of life you know it's just it's one of those things where it just doesn't make sense but it's really not fair to, uh, you know, your friend that you play with. Yeah. And, you know, things... unless, like you said, they would fill, they would fill it, you know, fill the schedule. So in other words, if you're playing four nights a week and she's playing what, two nights with you guys? No, just one night. She was playing four nights, um, at the other club and, and one night with us. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> I mean, listen, from a perspective of, of making, 
you know, your income, if that was their position and they were going to enforce it and at least give her the opportunity to have it that fill up that night with, you know, at another club that they own, right? Like to play at least another night to fill up her schedule. But from creative perspective as an artist, you know, she, they're preventing her from playing with, with other musicians, regardless of, like you said, the politics that's involved, you know, that that's probably the more, you know, uh, egregious part of it. It's just, you know, the, the prevention of her to have the joy of creating and playing with other musicians as she, she enjoys doing it and have someone else tell you you can't do that is not right, you know? And if it wasn't about the income, then you could take a stand and say, no, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do, you know? But sometimes we're forced into situations where you can't stand up and just say, screw you, I'm not doing that. That's it. I, and that's the reason they get away with it is because the, a lot but of the that, people... Yeah, but that's the stand, right? You know, and if everyone took that kind of stand, it would it would make an impact. Maybe it wouldn't, but it's going to definitely, you know, start to change things in the right direction. Yeah. You know, but personally, like you said, it's hard to do that sometimes. If you, you know, you rely on that bread and you, you're going to have to, you know, sacrifice certain things and, and, you know, bend some of your own personal rules, I guess, you know, it's, it's tough. It's a real tough place to be. Yeah. You got to, you know, you got a personal constitution. You want to stand up and say, you, you can't, you can't do that to me. You know, do, yeah, you can't, you, you can't the, they have a, a stronghold on everything and everybody. And, and you just, you, you got to just take it. You just have to deal with what you're so doing. It's, it's your livelihood, you know? Yeah. It is. And you, you don't have a choice. So if that's what you want to do for a living and you know, that's more important to you than, than, uh, well, remember you always have a choice. Well, yeah. So if, if you choose to, to, to not, you know, to continue to do what you do where you do it then you may have to make some concessions yeah it's uh, but it's not even like it's a fair fight either you know it's not like they came and i don't know the players in in the company i don't know their names i don't know who made what decision i don't know where this whole started this whole thing started um I, you know i'm way low on the totem pole of this whole business here yeah. just, as a working know, musician or, two, or what the other moving parts yeah. are you know? and and you know and i don't want to jump to making any sort of particular judgments because i don't have enough facts i just know that that's th that we were told that that is the case and that allegedly, allegedly we we were told that uh or, or the, the band leader was told that um if she continues to work with us she can no longer work at their company and that would you know obviously we're going to make the right decision and and let her keep her job she, you know i mean that's what she would decide too probably you would think of course because you need you know that's your, that's your livelihood yeah and it's you know she's got a killer gig so um yeah um so it's just so, something we have to deal with and we've had to deal with other political issues on the street you know i've been there for almost eight years now and it's there's always something and it always kind of blows over eventually and there's no major harm done um but it's just a thing to have to deal with now um Years ago, we had a, there was a sound ordinance issue that somebody high up in the political local scene um, wanted to uh, reduce the noise coming from a particular spot on Bourbon Street. Um, so there were, you know, there were cops out and then there were detectives out with sound meters and, and we had to stop using live amps on stage. We had to go all in ears and... Um, and put the shield around the drums and 
and and all that and it was it was a big to do for a while and then it just it just kind of blew over you know so now people are using apps again and and back to the way it was so it's just a thing very odd yeah um so what huh so be it yeah so be it deal with it the um the most important part is that we get to play music right exactly life goes on i don't like to get too involved in any of that anyway i'm glad i don't have to make decisions i just get to show up and play just roll up and plug in yeah it's the way it should be dude thursday uh, this was uh this weekend was fleet week here in new orleans so we had a bunch of ships in town people from the canadian and british um coast guard and navy and Take I, I, I believe the united states as well so there were uh armed men and women or, or armed <laughs> uniformed <laughs> they had arms <laughs> they had they did have arms uniformed men and women um all over the city all weekend which is really cool and um thursday we at the swamp we played a double two sets took a half hour break and then came back and played five sets so we wow, seven setter we did seven sets on on thursday which is very rare for us at the swamp it, it's normal for some of the other clubs like bandstand and, and famous door um but for us seven sets is a lot we i've only done <laughs> seven. each set each half hour 45 minutes 45 minutes <laughs> you guys wait for like six hours yeah, close to six hours. It was. I think it's five five hours and fifteen minutes. If I did that math right. Nice. Wow. Um, which is average of say ten, conservatively ten songs a set. It's seventy songs. In yeah. Way. That is. Or the same ten seven times. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we definitely probably repeated a couple that night, but we did we did pull some stuff out. We've been pulling other stuff out. It's fun at the swamp. We've been pulling other songs out that we don't normally do. And um, we, you know, CBC Land, they're going to scold me for this, but we use Tracy and I, Tracy's the singer, the main female singer, we use um, a small digital tablet to pull up lyrics for songs that are requested that we don't normally do or songs that we're just kind of learning. And, and so I will read lyrics off of the tablet, but I keep it inconspicuous and I'm not staring at it. It's... Like, I keep it low, way below eye level, so that my eye level is, I'm looking out at the people. And I just kind of glance at it. I'll glance at it and and then look at the crowd. But, um, so that's been fun. I, I, I like doing new songs. I dig it. Especially Spur of the Moment, too. Those are always good. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm challenged now. I'm going to do this. I've never done this before. I've never sung this song before. But I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to do it. Why not? If you know the gist of it, you know, then you, you can keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and there's, I mean, I'm such a music fan that I've most popular songs that people would request. I'm very familiar with. So, um, I've just never sung them live, but I, I'm discovering more about myself too, as a singer that like, uh, people will request a song and then, and I'll think about it for a second. It's like, mm, all right, I could probably sing that song and then do it and then be like, eh, all right, I did it. Yeah, if you're committed to it, you know, and you, and you're, you know, you get stake in it, it, it comes across even if it's not 100. percent It comes better than just winging it, but kind of half-assing it, you know. Right. 
you're committed, you know, you give it that valiant effort. Yeah, and it's more exciting too because of the adrenaline of, well, I've never done this before, and it's a request, especially when you get good feedback from people. Um, it's good. I've been doing a, a Wonderwall lately. Did it twice last night. Last night? Yeah, last night. Did it twice. And that one goes over really well. Oasis Wonderwall. People love yeah, this. we used to vamp on that for like filler music. Yeah. <laughs> no, because you can keep like cr- cranking on the, uh, you know, you can, you can just ride out like, uh, say at a wedding, you know, so a couple of someone, when guests are just walking in, they're starting to fill into the room and, you know, meander in and mingle in, you know, you can play that uh, acoustic-y kind of, you know, not so, like play with brushes or, um, you know, plastics, plastic sticks, you know, the bundle sticks. Right. It's fun. Play for like 15 minutes. Ask Steve all about it. He's like, <laughs> he's like, never again. They're playing a song again, ever. Yeah. I mean, there's only two parts. Well, no, there's three parts. Uh, it's the piano, piano part at the end, you know? That, that's my favorite part. Mm. Yes. Um. So, yeah, that's that's what's good. So that was a really cool seven sets. It's, I mean, I was home by two... Two thirty, something like yeah, that. Yeah, but that's mega. That's mega sets. Yeah, but it was great. I mean, we had a, a a room. It was it was they were jamming, they were digging it, and that makes it really go by much quicker. You're not thinking about oh, I got to play another set. You know, it's like everybody's, oh, having, yeah. everybody's yeah. having fun. It's party time, and you get that boost of energy from that adrenaline. I remember doing that. We played Chambo's Oktoberfest party one year, and we started at six. And we played until like cops came at 1 a.m. And we had a 20 minute break and then another half hour break. So same thing, six hours and change. Yeah. That, that, that was a great gig. I I played, uh, this was a, 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 an Oktoberfest party that this guy at his house would throw every year. And, he was, I, I didn't know him well only through you guys, but he was, seemed like a very personable, very fun guy. And he had a lot of people come to this party and he had a really cool backyard setup with this deck and, um, you know, a spot for the band. And they would have the ice luge. Is that what you yep. call it? For the shots. Yeah. For the shots, the big, big block of ice with, you know, and they, they carve in a, a, a slope and they put it on this thing that's built for it. <laughs> That's a that. giant wood sled and yeah, like a 45 degree angle and, and, uh, maybe a 30 degree angle. Luge. Yeah. yeah shot look luge. it up. Look it up online. Yeah. You know, and you get out. to the bottom and put your mouth down there and somebody pours a shot at the top and it comes down nice and cold. Yeah. And it's like three shots worth. Cause everyone's like, oh. yeah. but the, I remember playing that party with you and it was freezing out. Wasn't it? it? There was one. Yeah. I, did I play it twice? Always, always end of September. Yeah, I think we played it twice. Yeah. And his garage had uh, was all fitted out like a bar. Remember, the garage door didn't open. You went in through the side door, and he had a pool, a foosball table, and a whole bar in there, and TVs and all kinds of memorabilia. Really, really cool. Yeah. But yeah, cold. He had fire pits going too because it was always like either the la- it was usually the first weekend in October is when he would have it. So it's hit or miss, you know. I've played it where it's been beautiful. I've played it when it's been cold, you know. Right. Yeah, like, the fire pits, like yeah. forty degrees out, cold. I remember the fire pits. We would go there on break to have a, a safety meeting, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, and to warm up. 
because it was so cold. You know, I remember you and Steve, especially Jimmy, like you mean your hands, you know? Yeah. Um, it gets to play. But that was fun, man. I love playing outdoor parties. It's good stuff. Yeah, it was fun, though. We haven't played in a couple of years. Played it for like 12 or 13 straight. I wish you would do it again. I would come up for that. I would come up just for that. That's how good that party is. Maybe we just show up at his house with the band and say, <laughs> hey, we're doing it. Invite a bunch of people and say, hey, you don't mind. Chamber, we invited us. Yeah. yeah, we're having a bunch of people over. Our whole sure. mailing list is coming. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And we got a film crew coming too. Oh, speaking of film crew, film crew, there was that was this happened this week too. I, I was uh, I got Tuesday or Wednesday night. Uh, in New Orleans, they call it New Orleans sometimes Hollywood South. Um, a lot of people do filming here of TV shows, movies, and the and the like. So it's not uncommon they that you see a a big movie crew on the side of a road somewhere, or you see people walking down the street with cameras and lighting and the mic, the boom mic and everything. And so we had, um, one of these nights this past week, we had, uh, people walked in and came right up to the stage. It was a, bu- a bunch of girls and a bunch of guys young. Um, and then the film crew and the, the boom, the lighting, everything. And they were filming, an episode of something for MTV. It was like the Real World or or um, or Jersey Shore Two or some, one of those types of things. And and they're filming the band in the swamp. And at the swamp, yeah. And so they were filming the the the, the quote unquote actors. Who, by the way, like you know, I don't watch these kind of shows. And everybody says like, uh, you know, it's not really reality because it's you know it's stage, it's set up and whatnot. And I would agree with that. However, when I was watching what they were doing, the way they were filming and what the, the, the people in the show, the stars of the show were doing, it was very real. It was, you know, it, it was... They, I think they put them in situations that are pre-conceived. Right. You know, to kind of create a storyline, but their right. actions are very much real, whatever dopey things they might be up to. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And it, it was definitely dopey things. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know they're in, people watch it. Yeah, yeah, to fit the narrative, they, they they'll they'll probably have they have a probably. Can, uh, can you imagine there was reality shows like we were kids growing up, like if they followed us around, like we did some pretty dopey stuff too. Uh, we also did cool things like shoot uh, Roman candles at my cousin riding a bicycle with a raincoat on. <laughs> like that would be good TV, you know. I don't know, man. I'm glad there weren't cell phones and video cameras and. Think reality shows when I was a kid, man. Because I don't want to see any of that again. Yeah, stuff like that. Continue. So, but it was, yeah, uh, yeah. So they were filming, and they're filming the band, and then you know, so somebody in the in the thing gets up on stage, and they're filming that, and 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 it was really cool. It got like a, there were a lot of people that were involved in the whole crew. There were you know, you saw that there were directors and and stuff. There was a you know, good fifteen twenty people that were part of right, the, entourage, just part of the crew. You know, just you know, people that were filming or you know everything um and then the the people that were on the show it's probably about you know eight to ten of them so but there were you know there were definitely people that you see that they were keying in on and they were trying to interact with you dance with each other you know a boy girl thing going on um and then they they left the room and then they went back at the swamp where i play there's a mechanical bull in the back so they went back there and one of them was riding the bull and the film crew was back there but then uh, one of the directors or somebody came up to Tracy and, and had her sign a release. So we might be on TV. Wow, cool. Yeah. 
so that that just goes to show and i was thinking to myself like like what am i wearing is this something that i would want to be seen wearing on tv and and i was thinking about how important it is to dress well because you never know you that you just never know like your mom used to say always have clean underwear on in case you get in an accident you never know mm. yeah so i'm not you know i'm not very good fashion sense wise but i try to at least look like as long as you have like a turtleneck or like a sweater on, <laughs> being shape. I need to really up my wardrobe for for stage. Yes, you are what you wear. I just have no fashion sense at all. I need to hire a fashion advisor, stylist. A stylist, yes, that'll be coming. Um, you know when I'm right after you get the production crew straightened out for this podcast. <laughs> That personnel, then we can talk about assistants and we can talk about a stylist. Yeah, I had to fire my production assistant. He was slacking. <laughs> so now I just do it myself. That is cool. Yeah, like you said, maybe, you know, you never know. You never know who's rolling in. Might be on TV. I was, um, this has nothing to Washington do with guy could be rolling in. Shoopy, what's his name? Huh? Doopy. Who, what? Who's the guy who plays the washboard? Oh, Doopsy. <laughs> oh, Doopsy. That's a Doopsy. Rockin' Doopsy, man. He, he's great. Um, yeah, this has nothing to do with music, but I, I was, I attended, a, a when I lived in New Jersey, there was uh, a show that was going to be on A&E, and I forget what it was called, but it was Robbie Knievel, Evil Knievel's son, who who does... Yeah, Robbie Knievel. He, do, he does motorcycle jumps just like his dad did. Jumping over the swamp. No, this is in Jersey. Um, so at the time, I was working at a photo lab, and I was taking, I had a nice camera, a nice SLR camera, and I was taking a lot of pictures because I could develop them for free. And that's back when people used film, by the way. So this was a while ago. Um, and I went there with my camera, hoping to take some pictures. And, and the, the jump he was doing was over a, a large number of police cars that were lined up and... I couldn't tell you the number. At least 50, I would say. Uh, sure. It was a long jump. It, you know, it was going to be impressive. So a, a huge crowd gathered there. And so A&E is filming this, you know, f- series for, for this guy. And this is going to be the first episode. It was and in, where was that? It was where was it? East Hanover, New Jersey. It was right off of Route 10 Okay. in East Hanover. Um, what, what, this is big enough to set that up. Yeah, it was like at an auto dealership place. Um, <laughs> it's okay. So... So I go there with my camera and trying to figure out I'm going to get some good shots and try to get some good shots. So I, I went and the big crowds there and I went and was trying to find a good location. I couldn't find anything like that was accessible to to most people. So then I just got creative and I went around the back. There was like a, a police do not cross line. And I just I crossed it and I went I went around to the walked around the back <laughs> through the woods and went onto this other side and got this prime spot like right right by the fence. Um, it was uh, it was like sort of closer to the ramp where he was jumping from, um, but that would have been to my right, and then to my left would be where the uh, the landing was. So it was a good spot to take pictures. So I'm like, I was psyched about it. So did that, had a good time, and then the episode aired, and I didn't know, by the way, at the time I saw Cam. So he made the jump. He made the jump successfully. It was very impressive. Um, Actually, he, what he did was 
he he ran he ran for it once and then bailed because he didn't have enough speed up and then then he went back and he he ran for, it might have been just for dramatic purposes too but yes he went and did it again and then and he made the jump um but i wasn't aware at the time that they were filming this a and e series i had no idea it was it wasn't something that was publicly known i guess but i saw cameras there but i just figured okay it's a big event people are filming so the when the episode aired i didn't see it and then my friend frank who was a drummer in a cover band that i played with um he was there with me standing right next to me and it, when the episode aired he called me he's like dude you got to see this episode you're all over it I'm like what what are you talking about so i watch it it's an hour-long thing and it's not until when the jump happens because they they do a whole documentary thing on the, the build-up to the jump um, I was on camera. There was a point. So, so when he, there was a point where it was just my face on, on the t- TV, like it was just a close up of my face. And there were other points where it was on me and a couple other people like four times. Um, and the point where it was just on my face, I made this like, like sort of sigh look like, Oh no. And they put, <laughs> at, at, yeah. And they put that right when he went for the first run and then bailed and then they put my face on it like like oh no face but that's not what i was that was not what i was reacting to but they they had to have recorded this i hope oh yeah it's 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 online you can find it on youtube Um, i've actually shared it before um so but but the yeah the reaction that i i made it wasn't from that it was something else It, it was I, I, and I don't know what it was, but it wasn't from that. But they just edited it correctly to put this ties it into the reality show thing, I guess. They edited it correctly to put, you know, or they edited it to put it there to make it seem. right. So you don't see that you're leaning up against the fence taking a leak, <laughs> like this profound moment. But then there's like after he makes a jump, there's a point where I, I'm raising both of my arms, and they put that up too after he made the jump, and and that was legit because it was after he made the jump. Um, but it was kind of cool. It was like, all right. I, and I, again, no idea I was going to be on TV. And, you know, so that's why when you're out in public, you got to think about what you're wearing. Because you might be on TV. You never know. I just saw a documentary a few days ago about talking about in uh, China, I think it is. They, they're, they have this technology they've developed uh, for face recognition cameras in public where eventually they're going to be everywhere in public and it, it like split second face recognition pulls up all your information on a, on a computer. It's like we are living in this crazy Orwellian time and sci-fi. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. All right. So we went way off topic. That has nothing to do with cover bands, but it's a thing. No cover being central. We're talking about Robbie Knievel and A and E, and well, it all does tie together, though, right? Don't wear pajamas to a gig unless everyone's wearing them, because you never know who's going to show up. Right. Right. That right. There's enough wisdom for the whole hour. We're done. Yeah. At thirty-five minutes and forty-three seconds. <laughs> Get the timer. Um, the Rob- Robbie Knievel biography. Yeah, yeah, it's available on YouTube. It's um. I was on an episode of uh, Law and Order SVU too, but that one I knew about. I went purposely to be in the episode. Um, no, like speed. as an extra, as an extra, yeah. But um, I was, 
I, I was given some good screen time. I didn't do anything, but I was on the screen. I'm just sitting there. <laughs> I think I can get a SAG card, right though. Now. One, more epi- one more appearance, I can get a SAG card, I think. I think that's how it works. Three TV appearances. So, uh, yeah. Uno, do, Trace. Steve Mitchell. <laughs> Uh yeah. So there he is, arms raised, you're like Superman. Mm. I think I found it. I should have a Superman sound effect and I don't. Oh yeah, there he is. Dennis some guy in a biker vest. What are you looking at? For our radio audience, since they can't see. Yeah. What are you there looking you. at? <laughs> I was looking at the uh, Robbie Knievel. Oh, the oh you found the video? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you if you kind of scroll to the end, you could see where I am. Yeah, I see it. And I he, see the guy looks like you getting arrested. What's the name of the video so other people could find it if they want to? Robbie Knievel, June two thousand four. On YouTube, you found it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's what the title is. Hang on. Yeah, Robbie Knievel dash June two thousand four, and he's jumping at the East Hanover, New Jersey, at Warnock Dodge Chrysler Jeep. Right, two thousand four, huh? Wow, fourteen years ago. Yeah, cool though. So, nonetheless, very exciting. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, I could pull up YouTube on my computer and I can play music here if I wanted to. <laughs> See that? <laughs> we can wah. take it. We can take a music break. Wah, wah. German, German. But you can't hear. Like, if I if I put something up, you can't hear it, right? You hear that? No, but I think I can because the audio is coming from the audio. Your audio is coming from the computer and going back into the computer. I don't know how I figured it out, but I figured it out. But um, well, there you go. So this doesn't do any good without having the video. But let me see. Oh, wait. So, oh, no. Okay. You can't hear it. No, so same thing here. It won't go. It won't go through. Okay. Now, now I know why. Because the USB from the audio interface is plugged into the computer, and that's keeping the audio from coming out. But if I unplug that, then you won't hear anything. So, no bueno. I could do it from my phone, though. I could do it from my phone because the phone is hooked up through the mixing board. I'm an audio genius. <laughs> Not. Genius, I say. Why did I want it? Because I want to know that I have this option. Because I would like to play some music for everybody once in a while. Like, find something cool to play and be like, hey, check out this band. So any of you out there listening that want me to play your band, want us to play your band on the CBC Wisdom Hour, send an email to steve at coverbandcentral.com and give me a link and we will uh, check it out and maybe even play it. Um, so, yeah. Ooh. so let me see. Oh, you can hear the clicks, right? The wrong band. I wanted to play this, but the, without the video, it doesn't work so well. But no. what we talked at the beginning, can't do it. Do Do you really? I mean, because I've never listened to this, just listened to it without watching it. 
And I wonder if, if just the, the drummer in the wrong band or the wrong gig thing. Oh, yeah. No, no. You got to watch it. I wonder, though, if you just listen to it, if you would have any sort of inkling to what what's going on there. <laughs> yeah, potentially not. That's why video is so important, guys. Take video. You never know what you're going to capture. Like whoever shot that video is a genius. Which one? The one with the all writers? Yeah. Oh, no doubt. Because that, I mean, what did you say? Four million? Forty-four million. And then there's a couple different versions of, versions of it here on YouTube, and one of them has 4.9 million. So, talking about 50 million, basically. Because people watch it. The thing about that is, like, I've watched that video probably at least 10 times. <laughs> that's, how, that's how people get views, man. Because when you want to watch it over and over again, that's how you boost your your views. It's something people. Oh yeah, but forty four million. That's <laughs> a lot of it's a lot of views. It is, but I contributed my ten. <laughs> sure. I wonder what the most amount of views on a YouTube video is. You can find that out. You can actually find that out on YouTube. I've done that before. I don't remember how to do it, but you can go into YouTube and find the, like the top viewed videos hmm. and of like of all time and and just like billboard charts of all time of this past year of this month of this week of today and you know they they have charts you know just like billboard um i don't i don't know like the the most viewed videos on youtube are not music videos the things that get viewed they have the um the gamers they go and they do play video games and do commentary on it and that there's a couple of characters out there and i cutie pie is one um people that have like shows do very well on it but there's some music stuff that that have reached a billion views like justin bieber oh yeah there's there's tons and rihanna you know what it's i i really highly recommend people taking video and putting it on YouTube because you, it can't hurt. It's free and you just never know. You might find some, it might be a gem that you have that you didn't even know was a gem. And all of a sudden, you know, people are reviewing it and talking about it. And then your band's like mega popular. You never know. You don't know if you don't try, right? That's right. You can't, uh, you gotta be in the game if you want to win. And you always got to keep trying, no matter what. Mm -hmm. So that that segues nicely into something that I was talking to uh, Chonk today. Chonk is uh, Jeff Yonker. Yonker. He's the the designer of the website, which is still not launched yet, but we will eventually. Um, (laughs) And uh, we're just talking about how we all go through struggles in life and how it really is so important and valuable to have the ability to play music in a band you know even even if you're playing at the corner bar and there's nobody there there's something that's so very therapeutic about it for people um you get to kind of forget your troubles and and help other people forget their troubles Um, yeah you know it's like the thing we always say is it's, it's like virtual reality Right, because when you're playing in the band, your your mind is nowhere else except right there at that given time. Right. 
and that's the idea and and i i would confess that mine isn't always like that only because my situation is so routine so my mind wanders um but it but if i'm playing newer songs then i'm more focused in that and, and then i do get into my my zone too where i'm nice and comfy and present um but for for a lot of people like chunks going through some stuff and he was like man you know this four hours for in one week just that that four hours for the week is you know is so therapeutic for me and and helps me to to deal with everything else um so that's that's one of the the motivating factors for me to to have started this whole thing it's just that that value man in in music and being able to play it having that ability even if you it doesn't matter how good you are you know just having that ability to go out and do it well it's a gift you know so you got to make you definitely have to uh, embrace it yeah there's a i think everybody there's either people are musicians or they would like to be a musician they would like to be able to play something or sing something well that's why you can't take it for granted right because there's plenty of you know like to your point people that there's you know there's lovers of music there's people that are moved by music and they definitely feel it and have a connection to it but they can't create it you know right so to be able to create it and understand it and embrace it in that you know uh capacity is definitely a gift you know you never take it for granted ever yeah, and I, I would say I'm guilty of it, taking it for granted sometimes. But again, because I do it so often and because life is happening, you know, and some days are days. <laughs> and you just kind of like muddle through. But I mean, I always find some gratitude in it um, every time, every time. And I, you know, I played so much, so... It's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, to really yeah, always remind yourself when you're doing it, right, that you're lucky. To, it's a privilege. And especially when you're going through hard times, it's uh, you know, it's it's comforting. Yeah, like you said, it's an escape. Yeah. I wish Chunk was here. He's not here with us live, so he can't. He can't contribute to this conversation. I'll, I'm sure he'll listen later. But tomorrow is his birthday. So happy birthday, Chunk. Yeah, happy birthday, Chunk. Jeff Yonker, for those of you who don't know, he is in the Curb Band Central group. And uh, he's a good man. Plays guitar. Good man. Yes. Kyle David Deal said his Good Times, Bad Times version of Good Times, Bad Times, I guess, got removed from YouTube. Why? Probably a copyright issue. Copyright infringement. That's a whole thing, man. It, it It's so... Like, if you go on YouTube and look for a song, even if you're not looking for a cover song, you will find a cover of pretty much any song you look for. Um, but if you specifically are looking for covers, there's millions of them. Um, but it it's weird that the law is so muddy right now. It's like you're not... You're not allowed to do it, but you're not not allowed to do it. <laughs> you know, it's 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 still something that's that's really being contended. Um, and, and I don't know 
how YouTube picks out certain videos. And, and it could be in the wording, in the title. It could be in the wording, in the description. It could be it because it's a specific song or a specific artist. And it's it's very troubling because... I, I get it that the original artist deserves credit, you know, and th that's what ASCAP and BMI are for. So you just make the law clear so that people can, can, can follow the rules and, and know where they stand. That should be the way it is, but it's not, you know, it's just because I have covers on, on, line that I've had for a year. I mean, I've had them for 10 years on there and I've never gotten any problems with it. And I say right in the description, right in the title, what the song is and who the original artist is. And I've never gotten flagged for anything. Hmm. Odd. Yeah. And I don't oh, know, triggers, you know, I don't know what the solution is from our standpoint, and it kind of ties in with the, the, the whole Bourbon Street work situation. It's like you don't really know who's in charge and who's making the decisions and what, how clear the, the rules are here because the rules are changing. You, you keep changing the rules. You keep moving the goalposts, and it's not, it's not a fair way to, to, to do business, really. Yeah, exactly. Um. So I'd like to hear, I mean, Kyle, if, if you want to elaborate on why Good Times, Bad Times got removed, um, I'm interested in that, in, in what they had to say and, and what, what you had written in the title and in the description, because I, I think that's all a factor. Because there's probably bots out there, the spiders yeah. that crawl the internet, looking for certain things. And they can't, they can't flag a video just on the video. It has to be in the words because that's what those spiders look for, keywords. So it has to be in the words of the title or the words in the description because it's not like somebody, some dude is sitting there watching videos saying, oh, this is a cover of Led Zeppelin's Good Times, Bad Times. You know, it's, right. there's, uh, that's not happening because there's, there's way too many out there. So, and then, so what's the workaround? for that because you really need to say if you're covering a song you need to have the flexibility to say exactly what it is and you know all the details that you would want to give because that's going to get you the most traffic well and like you said you know the way that um you word certain things you know that cause you to come up in, in certain uh different searches or like you said bots you know so it's very interesting to see what like you said triggers that versus uh, you see things all the time that are up for a, a quite some time uh some get taken down after a while some never get taken down yeah and it's not a led zeppelin thing because i have videos on there from when i played in a zeppelin tribute band and i put in the description that it's a led zeppelin tribute band playing immigrant song yeah, I I didn't hide it at all, but doesn't get touched. Didn't get has never gotten flagged. I've never. I, Very odd. 
And I'm curious to know too if if there's an because you can put ads on your video, um, and I'm curious to know if it's maybe just videos with ads. Because if you're if there's no ads on it, then you're not making any revenue. So then then they don't really have a reason to flag you. But if you put an ad on, then, okay, now you're making money off of Led Zeppelin, basically. So, right. All right, so he said, all right, he said, our good times, bad times got removed from YouTube for copyright reasons. The other ones are fine, I guess. Uh, and then he went on to say, I believe the reasoning had to do with Warner Chappet copyrights. All eight of the songs he uploaded named the original artist's song name and cover by Wicked Shimmy. I guess that's his band. So Led Zeppelin's Good Times, Bad Times cover by Wicked Shimmy was his title. Hmm. Hmm. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just don't have the answer. I, that's There's nothing wrong with that title. In fact, that's a title. That's the title that I would recommend putting for keyword purposes because you you want to get views and people who don't know about keywords it's just basically words that people use to search for things so you want to put in words in your description that other people would be using in searches and and it's a guessing game but usually you know you could figure out certain pertinent keywords like the name of the band the name of the song the name of the band that's covering it the word cover and that's all the things that he put in there but it got flagged. So I, I'm now I'm more curious, Kyle, to to know what uh, what are the other songs that you had up there that didn't get flagged, and what were the titles for those? Um, yeah, he said it was probably a bot because it was pulled within hours. It was pulled within hours. Wow. But what what is the bot looking for? This dastardly bot bots. What what it what is the trigger? Yes, yeah, it's just like you said, some stuff is stays up for a while, and then you know some stuff doesn't. It's very murky. Murky. Yes, and now this whole uh, uh, this thing is happening tomorrow. Uh, uh, the I forget what it's even called. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> Never mind. Huh. There, there's a just an internet. Oh, there's so much. Crazy stuff going on in the world. Craziness. Crazy. Um, so you're playing this week, what, um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Wednesday, Thursday, not Friday, Saturday. Saturday I'm going to see Chris Robinson with uh, 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 doing Black Crow's music. It's called uh, As the Crow Flies. And my brother is coming into town from Florida, and he's going to hang out here with me, and we're going to go uh, for an afternoon in New Orleans, hang out like a tourist and get some dinner and then go see this concert. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and then playing Sunday. So, yes, I'm off Friday and Saturday. Nice. Very exciting uh, Saturday. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to looking at it through the lens of the cover band thing, too, because it's Chris Robinson, who is from the Black Crows, had a hand in, in writing those songs. But yep. everybody else is playing Black Crow's covers. <laughs> cool. Know, you know, so um, 
Yeah, I always love live music. For me, that's one of the motivating factors, too, for doing Cover Band Central. I, I think live music is, is imperative to stick around forever. There's a certain energy for that you can't experience any other way, whether you're playing or listening. Yeah, nothing like live music. You know, I see that you can't take it for granted, you know, because we play it. You know, even going and seeing a good band is always enjoyable. Do you find yourself, if you go see a band that's like somebody you know or maybe don't know, but it's a local band, like as opposed to like an arena band, do you find yourself feeling like, man, I wish I was up there playing? <laughs> or do you just uh, kind of soak it all in the whole experience? No, I, I soak it in. Yeah. Yeah, I just enjoy it. I, I, I do both, I think. You know, I so I, I feel the energy of it, the excitement of it, and then I always feel like, oh, I want to play too. <laughs> yeah, it's just nice to, to enjoy it and not have to play, you know? Mm. Uh, if you're there with people, you know what I mean? Because you know how many times I've played parties or events or, you know, my friends were there and stuff like that, and I was played the whole time, you know? And I enjoyed playing, but I didn't enjoy any of the party. Mm. Right, right. That's the difference, you know what I mean? You get to be a spectator, you get to eat, you get to hang out, socialize, listen to the band, enjoy the band, you know, but you're you're in, you're you're attending the party, you're not performing at the party. You know what, too? The other thing that does, I think, for me anyway, is it, it reminds me of how much I appreciate being that person who is providing the entertainment and s being able to, to really see it from that other perspective and uh, and just really appreciate it that much more. You know? Yeah, right on. Um, and that I, I haven't really experienced that lately. I have to go out and uh, just go out and see other bands. I don't get to do that much. Yeah, especially the, you know for the amount that you play, right? Yeah, you you can go out. You you have you know a myriad of options, right? Of what bands to go see, and go out and enjoy them, right? For what they are, no, you know, because you don't have to play that night. You know, especially if you are off, like, you know, maybe um, you find a rejuvenated uh, excitement and enthusiasm for all the, you know, Bourbon Street when you take yourself out of the element of Bourbon Street, you know, and look at it from a different perspective, you know? Yeah. Like, like just going out to have a good time and go see some bands with some, you know, with some people and have some fun. And and I knock it up and sit in and, you know, just just go out and hang. Yeah, I need to do that more because there's so much in, in New Orleans that I have not, ex I've, I've been here for eight years, but there's so much I have not experienced. And because it's always changing too, um, yeah. you know, um, I, I have rarely, maybe once or twice, just gone out to Frenchman Street, which is another popular area of the French Quarter that um, has live music and, and a lot of activity. Um, and that's more of a jazz blues kind of deal over there. So that's something that I have to treat myself to. Go out and do that. That I have not done. Um, you go out and enjoy it, Steve. Go out and yes, enjoy yourself. Yes. All right, my friend. Well, that wraps up another hour. I enjoyed our hour together. Just like that, as did I. That was very quick. And I have to see. I wasn't written. See, that's why I fired my producer, which was me. <laughs> Uh -huh. All right. com. You can still sign up. If you're not on the page, like it. 
If you're not in the group, join. Always a pleasure, my friend. We will see you next week, probably. We did three weeks in a row. Leave your comments, questions. Peace out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.